This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is Mike Sussman, writer and producer of Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Warp 5 on Trek FM. to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated enterprise podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Devlin, and joining me today, as always, the lovely Brandy Jackalud. Brandy, how are you? I am great! Does that sound forced? It sounded forced, didn't it? Let me try it again and try to sound sincere. I'm great. Great. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing all right. Uh, I had a good weekend. I I sent you some messages, actually, because I had bought... um, Beverly Crusher action figure from the 80s. Yes. Because my daughter's named Beverly, and I had uh, picked up the Discovery uh, Hallmark ornament over the weekend, which was cool. And what I didn't send you was, I don't think I sent you, I also picked up from the same antique store that I got the Beverly from, I got 1976 metal lunch pails from Disney. You told me about them, but you didn't send uh, yeah. me pictures. So I got to send you pictures because one of them actually comes with a thermos. <gasps> Which is the hard part to find. And the whole thermos. Like, they had three of them. So they had one from the Mickey Mouse Club, or the Mouseketeers, the Mouseketeers, and it didn't have a thermos at all. Then they had one, I don't remember what the theme was, but it was really banged up and it had the thermos, but not the top, mm. the little cup part. And then they had the Walt Disney World one with the thermos and the top. I mean, it's a little rough around the edges, but it has the thermos, so I had to buy it. Wow. Yeah, I also bought the Mickey Mouse Club one, or the Mouseketeers one, too, because I you can't buy one. But, uh... But I did get the full set, and uh, and I saw some really cool stuff, so now I have to travel all the way out to Phillipsburg, New Jersey again to buy more stuff. Oh, you have to go to New Jersey? Ugh. Like the other side of New Jersey, too. It's oh. like rough. Uh, yeah. Everything's too yeah. small in New Jersey. So if, if you... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we were talking about how you met... How I Met Your Mother. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, if you're from Phillipsburg, New Jersey, and you are happening to be listening to this, I'm sorry that mall sucks. There was like six stores, but the antique store is awesome. Go check it out. Um, other than that, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, so, yeah, I had a good weekend, and now it's Monday, and we're recording an episode, and I love recording an episode. So, Thumbs up. Yep. So, uh before we get into it, though, did we have anything on the uh, on the Babel conference from our last episode? Yes, our last released episode as of this recording was uh, episode number one seventy something. 
that one. Big, big episode. 175, excuse me. I'm sorry. Which was about uh, movie night, Bride of Frankenstein. And we didn't have a whole lot of comments. Um, we did have uh, Tony Robinson posting a picture saying that uh, Elsa Lanchester was lucky to get a job as a nanny later in life because she was in you know, uh, Mary Poppins as Katie Nanny, which is the nanny that's taking care of the Banks children uh, before Mary Poppins. And she was also in an I Love Lucy episode. Uh, she she actually did so much stuff prior to being in movies. Um, but anyway, uh, Elsa Lanchester, too bad this is the thing you remembered most for. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people love the bride. The bride, there's nothing wrong with the bride herself. It's just, just the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. You, I'm sorry. You just don't want that to be the thing you're known for. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like being Bucky Dent. Yeah, yeah, kind of is. Great career, and then that happened. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Chris Tabruzio said, Hey, Brandy Jekyll has said my name without stumbling through it. I'm just kidding. Love you guys. You jerk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love you. So uh, that's that's pretty I, so, much it. Just other than people saying they were going to be listening later or something like that, or it was their favorite awesome. character. Or Frankenstein whatever. movie or something. Gotcha. I don't know. A lot of people consider it the best Frankenstein movie. Really? Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, a lot of stuff popped up, and I couldn't last minute. I couldn't make that. My computer broke, and yeah, whatever. You know. But um, bummer. I, really? People thought that's the best? Go read the Wikipedia entry. It was obviously written by a huge fan saying huh. that it was arguably the best Frankenstein movie. And I'm like, uh, let's argue, actually, about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could argue anything. It doesn't mean I'm right. But <laughs> So I, I imagine that you felt about the movie pretty much the same way that Brandon and I did, which was a whole lot of, What? Okay, good, because I had mentioned before when, when I was talking to you guys that I had questions, and honestly, when we talked just before you recorded, I just couldn't come up with any questions that didn't make me sound like I hated it, so um, I just didn't bother asking any. To, I didn't want to influence what you guys were going to say, but it seems like I wouldn't have influenced you at all. Huh? Mm -mm. No, you would have just yeah. fit right in. <laughs> so, yeah, so I didn't get the chance to listen to it yet. Uh, it's actually on the docket for tomorrow, but... well. Uh, so we'll get to that when we do. Did, we didn't have any emails or anything, right? No, we no have not had any emails. Reviews. We have not had any new reviews. All right. Well, guys, get on that. We'll read them, mm -hmm. even if they are bad. Yeah, you so. know that we'll read them if they're bad. <laughs> We've done you actually it. Have a you almost have a better shot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Don't invite people to hate. Jeez. Hey, look. Cat Williams said it best. He said, haters' job is to hate, and if they don't have anyone to hate, don't worry, you can hate on me. It's fine. They can hate on me. It's their job. I got. I don't want to see people jobless. So. It's not really a job, though, so much <laughs> as it is a hobby. Because All right. Well, you know, everyone's got to have one. You get paid for jobs. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. And there's a lot of people just giving that out for free. Yeah, well, they're ruining the market for the real haters. <laughs> <laughs> they're driving down wages. Why buy the hate when you can get it for free? <laughs> right. I mean, look, if I got to pay for it, I'm just, I know he's not as good, but I, he's free. So <laughs> take what I can get. <laughs> Guess I know what the stinger is now. <laughs> well, you know, I'm happy we can make it easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Anywho. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking. We have kind of a schedule set up, but we uh, honestly, I wasn't ready to do the schedule. I, I wasn't. I ended up recording the Edge for two hours yesterday, and I just didn't have time to watch the episodes we were supposed to watch. So we were gonna do a, a writers' room again because we enjoy doing them a lot. Um, and we really couldn't come up with an idea. And then I was looking through your suggestion of looking through. Uh, Memory Alpha on episodes that didn't ever happen. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of doing a Boomer episode. Yeah. So uh, I thought we'd start there. But do you want to do what, like, so should we do it like they were planning on it, like an episode, a season one episode? Or should we make just an episode for our season five that's a Boomer episode? No, I think we should do a season five because they did do a season one episode. It was Fortunate Son. They did, but they had planned on doing three of them and actually yeah. delving into the boomers a little bit more and then they decided to give us more of tra- Travis in other ways and by that we they mean not at all. Mm. So. Yeah. Develop <laughs> other aspects of his character that oh wait they didn't. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was also written by a huge fan apparently in <laughs> Memory Alpha. So <laughs> Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. He deserved better. But, so we we could do that now though we could fix that we could develop Travis in season five that's fine I mean we kind of know him now already but yeah not, well I, not enough we know him as a Starfleet officer we know him just a tiny bit as a boomer yeah well that's that's the problem I mean we like you said we saw some of that in, in Fortunate Son but even that was more of like his family we were paying attention to right and their reactions to him no that was Horizon. Oh, right. Fortunate son was the one where they come across another boomer ship where the captain has been incapacitated and the son has taken over and they're torturing a guy. Yes, yes, okay. Got my episodes all mixed up. Look at that. Thank God you were here to save me. I'm always here for you, Patrick. (laughs) Always, always. Perfect. So, okay, so we did see some of that, but I was thinking in this episode, instead of just developing Travis, we should actually look more into the actual boomers themselves okay. and like their job because one of the things I've always said about Star Trek is we don't see enough about how the other side lives. We see Starfleet and we see how they live, but we never really see the average person. Mm-hmm. And I mean basically they're truck drivers, right? So they would have a, a pulse on the the whole culture because they see so much of it. Yeah. You know, in my opinion and uh Some people are probably going, what the hell is he talking about right now? But I swear, it's getting to a point. Um, But because they travel around, and I think our story should take place somewhere near Earth. Okay. Which is actually what they were trying to avoid in the season one, is putting them too close to Earth. Because these, I want these boomers to be very much tied into the Earth culture, the culture of Earth at the time, Mm -hmm. not some random species out in the galaxy doing the same job. You know, because we've seen it through Star Trek where they're hauling garbage or they're doing... But there are always some other species. Yeah. It's very rare that we would see Earthlings doing this job. And uh, I think that's something I would like to see because, again, it gives me more of a feel of how the people in Starfleet, you know, under Starfleet or on Earth are are living. Mm -hmm. And that's just something we don't see much of. And it dawned on me actually yesterday... When recording for uh, The Edge, that people on Earth during the time of Discovery do not like Starfleet. I was just going to bring that up and you beat me to it, so. Yeah, 
because we, 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 I'll give it away because this will probably come out after one of them, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. But in that, in the episodes, and it's going to be two episodes, but we talk about episodes three through five, and more than once it's brought up in a very, you know, negative light, the, the people of Starfleet. So I think now, you know, what is this, like 100 years prior to that? Mm-hmm. I think people would actually like Starfleet a little bit more. Yeah. Except that we had the whole Zindi incident, which they're still being blamed for. Hmm. 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 Yes. So. But yeah, they Starfleet wouldn't have that reputation. Reputation. Rapture. <laughs> they wouldn't have that reputation yet because they're not, you know, expanding into all of these other areas yet. They're just barely, really starting to explore the galaxy. So they. Yes, but we do see in season four. Yeah, yeah, it starts that, to pick up in season four. But that they, they, the people, was it season four where they go to the bar and people are like, we don't want. Oh you yeah, yeah. Here when they uh, they get upset that Flox is in a bar because it it starts with this whole. Oh, sorry, I'm cross ref. I'm crossing my wires. It starts with this. It starts up this whole Terra Prime movement. I almost said Earth first. Sorry, that was Babylon Five. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, true, true. But but uh, same I, same sort of thing. Let's let's take care of us first, and the aliens can go do their thing. And that's just I don't understand that mindset, whether it be in today's world or in the future, because we are all stronger together, and everybody needs help. And segregating different races is never going to work. Someone's going to end up being upset. That's how wars start. Oh, absolutely. I completely so, agree. Stop doing um, it. Stop it. But I see why the writers wrote that in. Yes. At the time of these episodes. Absolutely. Um, and I like know, so. that about season four. I shouldn't, you know what I mean. I, I like it as a, as a story. A talking point. Yeah. That's, thank yeah. you. That's what I meant to say. A talking point. I like <laughs> that as a talking point because of course there are going to be people who are, feeling that way even and we think we're so advanced and obviously (laughs) not so much and i think that that's going to be true no matter how technologically advanced we become i think we're always going to struggle with that one thing of just ignoring the outside ignoring the differences and searching for commonalities instead yeah absolutely I, i again i couldn't have said it better myself I completely agree with the, all those statements. And so, all right, so we have that as a basis, right? So we know at this point that at least some people don't like what Starfleet's doing because they, they feel, well, what would you think gallivanting around the universe is going to do? Right. But boomers should be a little different, right? Because they kind of already gallivant a little bit on their own, just not nearly as far. Yeah, and they have plenty of interaction with alien species. Because they're running cargo, and they'll run cargo for anybody, if if it pays enough. Right. Well, exactly. The, whatever, the, as long as the hole is worth the money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, where do you think? I'm trying to think how we would start this off, where we could get boomers involved. Because I was thinking to myself, maybe starting with the Enterprise breaking down, but that's happened a few times already, right? <laughs> so. They don't have energy shields yet. Yeah, I know. Well, they still have big blankets. <laughs> yep, just big, <laughs> heavy compression blankets that do nothing. And then I was thinking, well, 
Maybe the cargo ship could break down. Oh, that happens a lot, too. <laughs> Just re- responding to a, a random distress call again. Ugh. <laughs> well, okay. So, so far we have zero ideas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're already 15 minutes in. We're doing great. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I don't know. Um, you're asking the wrong person. I told you at the outset, I am not an idea person. I take, <laughs> I know, I I take know. other people's ideas and I build off of them. But okay, so so build off my bad ideas. Build off of your no ideas, you mean? Well, no, I had two. I just don't like either one of them. <laughs> Make me like one. Mm. What if so, they okay. are actually contracted by Starfleet to deliver food and medical supplies to a colony that they don't have a starship free for. Who is contracted? The Enterprise? No, no, no. A boomer ship. Oh, the boomers. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that, all right, we got a starting point now. Starfleet is hiring freight company XYZ to bring food and supplies to colony Y. Um... They've had a cataclysmic weather disaster, and all of their food stores have been destroyed. Okay, so Riza after war. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, so Riza after (laughs) war. Timey-wimey. Um, <laughs> and I I would say that probably because they don't have a huge fleet yet, and well, do we know the size of their fleet? Because I mean, they probably have a pretty large fleet of like warp two ships, right? Yeah, but that's that's a boomer ship too. A boomer ship can do warp two. Right, right. So they need something faster. So maybe maybe so they have got... us and they have. Maybe they have... By season five, I, they probably only have like four ships. Yeah, they might... Because yeah. they had two in season four, right? Yeah, they're just... Everybody's busy with other things because they're doing stuff and they... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They're, they're talking to Andorians. They're talking to They're talking. Vulcans, they're, they're, they're doing They're stuff. starting to do this sort of early days of the Federation thing. Right. So there's For some reason, Archer's not the one doing it. Diplomatic missions and such. Uh huh. Right. So we're back to Worf <laughs> and the Enterprise. Yeah. So they're going to Risa. <laughs> and on this episode of Earl Grey, um... <laughs> all right. So, right. Obviously, they're not going to Riser. I know people are screaming at their. Computers, phones, and headsets at the moment. But they are going to some planet with a cataclysmic weather situation. Yeah, I would say probably it would be better if their food stores weren't completely destroyed, but they were going to run out of food by a certain period of time. Oh, this is starting to sound like drastic measures. Um, Oh, dear. I'm just ripping off Dayton Ward now. All right, well, that happens. (laughs) 
I didn't read that one, so I can't I can't say that I'm stealing from him yet. It's actually really good. Uh, I mean, um, I liked all the all right, Discovery so, books. So how about instead? Hmm, no. Okay, they're losing their food, even though we're stealing from Dayton Ward. What if there is? I would just say they had some kind of really bad dry period and their water condensers or whatever couldn't make up for the the immense heat and their crops died and so i don't know how backwards is this colony i would think it would have to be like one of those real well they went to the one that was all western right earlier on that's that's true but it wasn't okay that's fair that's fair they're going there Oh, uh, perfect. What, <laughs> what 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 was there? I, I don't even know what that was called. I'm gonna look it up because I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. I should know off the top of my head. So, all right, but they're going. Yeah, I should too, but it's late and it's Monday. So, all right, they're going to that. That colony's in trouble again. Even though that colony was ridiculously backwards, anyway. Yeah. Well, it got better. Because that was the that was the one where. A certain race couldn't couldn't learn, right? They weren't allowed to. They weren't allowed to go to school, um, right? Etc. Well, they had uh, enslaved the now dominant group, and right, and then the dominant group in return enslaved them. Yeah. So that they couldn't be enslaved again. Yeah, and it's like, um, guys, it doesn't work that way, kids. And we told them they can't be part of Starfleet again until they fix their problems. Yeah. Now we're going to pretend they didn't care about becoming Starfleet <laughs> ever, so they just kept their backwards ways, and now they need our help. Uh, well, I don't know that it would necessarily be their backwards ways that would do that, because if anything, um, I think that they would be more prone to reaching out to Starfleet Instead of just letting people starve to death. Because they are trying to progress and learn to live together. But it's not always easy. And, you know, one really dry summer can ruin it for everybody. Right. And that so that's what happened. They had a really, 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 really dry summer. All, most of the crops died or whatever. There wasn't much to sustain life. But they definitely need help or something along those lines. Now... Um, I guess you'd figure by now they figured out how to seed clouds properly, right? So maybe that's what we're hauling out there is some kind of technology for that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, ooh, maybe the planet shifted its orbit. And that's why they're Sure, we're going to go push thing. it. Sure. Yeah, just give it a little nudge. <laughs> <Just> give <it laughs> a back over there. Yeah. I don't think back that's a good idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Wow, they went out there in the... Well, now they're gone. There's no no star to be found. Hopefully, they'll find another one. Um, so, all right. So, but all right. So they're bringing medical supplies, right? They have medical supplies on board. Um, they're bringing food, water, that kind of stuff. And uh, but at some point, we have to get other boomers involved. I want to get like actual boomers. So, let's just say that. Starfleet, you know, the Enterprise, is just bringing the first wave of stuff. Just enough to sustain them long enough for actual boomers to start making normal trips right. to and from this this planet. And 
Let's name it North Star. <laughs> Planet North Star. So okay, yeah. So they're they're heading to Northy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, all right. So the Enterprise is the first wave that's going to be heading there, and but there are going to be regular boomers to follow. Yes. Right. That are just going to make regular trips now until they can get this planet back in order. Right. And the whole point of Enterprise is to just get there quickly. And get out, which is kind of scary because they're heading back to the Delphic Expanse, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's also problematic. So the boomers really raise their f- their prices. Yeah. Because this is obviously a more dangerous run than normal. Right, but they don't have the anomalies anymore. Yeah, but you still have all the other, like the Zindi and everyone else hanging around there that don't like us. Yeah, but the Zindi, they're really, except for the reptilians the zindi are just kind of like backing away yeah. slowly yeah i guess that's true and i i guess you, you wouldn't have the pirates anymore either right because all that's yeah. kind of well you'd still have orions and stuff like that that are always everywhere being trouble but, apparently yeah <laughs> even when there's no mention of them ever yeah well it's there. it's one of those things where it's just yet there's always going to be dangers traveling in space so, so. So, Enterprise breaks down. All right. But now the first of the boomers come across them, and they're not willing to stop and help. Ooh. Well, it makes sense, right? Because no, it does. I'm that's. I'm not saying it is bad. I'm like, no, no. I, I'm trying to explain it out though. Here, I'm trying to talk myself into this making sense to me too. And the reason they won't is because they, the longer it takes to do their haul, the longer it takes for them to get paid. And now Mayweather's getting upset because his family would have stopped to help someone. Yeah. You know, people over money type deal. But not all boomers are going to be like that. Um, in fact, I would imagine that even at this time, most boomers would not be like that. Yeah. Because it's still, it's still survival of the fittest out there, right? And each one of these guys really work for themselves or whatever the crews work for themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have a distress call out. And when the first boomer arrives... He ends up, like, blowing them off and blowing right by them. So now, I would imagine this would cause some conflict on the ship between somebody and Travis. Mm. Because Travis would probably would be trying to defend boomers when, they, when what they just saw was one just blow right past them. Who's the most logical choice? Well, I think it has to be Trip or Reed. I was going to say the same thing, but I think Trip is more emotional. He might be, but remember, his engine's broke, and this boomer just said to him. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, is Trip, is, Trip would be the right, better so person more to likely, you mean. Right, get okay. upset about the boomers not helping. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, I just like when Reed gets upset. I know, I know. Maybe he can get upset with Trip. Maybe. One of the few things they agree on. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Or maybe he can get upset at Trip for being upset at Travis. Yeah, and then Trip calls him stinky. So now we have a fight going on between Trip and Travis, and apparently everyone's yelling at someone because we're just going to find a way to fit all of them in here, right? Yes. Because Reed's yelling at both of them for some reason. Hoshi. He's kind of like bipolar at that moment. Hoshi's trying to make peace, and they're just being angry at her, too. Right. And well, like... oh, and she's trying to communicate with the boomers, mm-hmm. right? And they're just like ignoring her, so she's getting frustrated. Yeah. 
So she's mad. They're mad. And Archer's just had enough because he just wants this ship fixed and going because he knows people that he knows are dying, right? Because he knows them now. Yeah. Probably the so only... he's upset. Probably the only people that aren't upset are DePaul and Phlox. I was going to say that. And, <laughs> and I think even Phlox might be a little upset because he's got medical supplies that are going to go bad if they don't get there fast enough. Yeah. So DePaul is the only rational thinking person here. Mm-hmm. Who decides to call the next boomer ship. Nice. So the problem here is... We have a boomer ship that's finally going to talk to us. And we don't know how to really communicate with them because we're Starfleet. And they don't. I'm going to say that this particular crew, while it wants to help because it cares about the people on this other planet that it doesn't know, it doesn't want anything to do with Starfleet. Mm. It doesn't want to really help Starfleet. It doesn't really want to be involved with Starfleet. Yeah. And let's just say the. What broke on the ship? Something had to break that stops us from flying. Um, well, let's just say there was going to be like a nuclear meltdown in the dilithium crystal, so they had to eject them. Ooh. So they're looking for dilithium crystals to trade with this boomer ship. I'm just trying to think what weird thing could make that happen. I don't know. The and, trip got overzealous. And No, I, I feel like it has to be. I mean, can they even do that on this ship? I don't even know if that's possible. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> it is now. Well, whatever. They'll... Kill us in the comments. Oh, sure. But <laughs> I'm ready for it. Um, what if it was, like, as they're getting close to the system, the sun in that system has an unexpected massive solar flare? Right. It knocks out their propulsion mm -hmm. and causes stuff to And their long-range communications, which makes it right. really fun. Yeah, so they can't talk to anybody, but, like, ship zooming by them at Mach 2. Yep. Warp 2. You know what I mean. <laughs> I hope they're going faster than Mach 2. <laughs> nah, they're just moseying along. They're like, eh, the Enterprise will get there first. <laughs> Worst boomers ever. Um, so finally, they have to go to Travis. And Travis finally convinces them, oh, that my family were boomers. We did this, blah, blah, blah. And some way or another, Travis's family has some connection to this second ship. That was just going to blast by us, too. But... It ended up not doing that because the captain of this ship once worked for Travis's dad and really respected him. Nice. So that's the only reason why he's willing to stop and even entertain the idea of helping Starfleet. Um, but he will not. He will not board the ship. He will not come aboard their ship. He wants Archer and uh, Travis and Trip to come aboard his ship to show his dominance or whatever. Okay. Are they going to use the transporters? <laughs> Just kidding. They're still not regularly using transporters. No, but they, yeah. And besides, so uh, would a cargo ship even have a transporter pad? No, but we could transport to them. Yeah. Well, but, that depends no, on who like, you ask and what you consider canon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because true. it wasn't until, what, next generation that you could do site-to-site -site transports on the ship? Like beam someone directly to from the bridge to sick bay or whatever. Well, yeah, kind of. But you know, I think it happens in Discovery. I'm just, I'm just saying, just because <laughs> it wasn't on screen doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Well, that's true, so. but it's uh, yeah. Well, like I said, it's in Discovery, so yeah. Um, and besides that, how do they beam down and up to plan from plan? Oh yeah, the communicators. Never mind. I answered my own question. Yep. 
I'm having a Monday, guys. I'm having a Monday. It's okay. It was a really bad commute, okay, guys? It's just... Hmm. So, so, we, so now we end up, we're on the boomer ship. We have to give it a name. The boomer ship? Mm-hmm. Mayweather 4. Really? I don't know. I, I, it's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want from me? <laughs> well, then it would be obvious that they had some kind of association with Travis's family. Okay. The weather may. <laughs> it's the Twilight Princess. <laughs> I like it because I was going to name a boat that. Come on, you're a gamer. You have to know that Zelda. <laughs> Why do you think I'm laughing? <laughs> All right, you come up with a name, then I suck at this. Could call it the Earhart. Okay. Uh, you could. But then they'd crash on a planet and no one would ever find them until. Maybe that's what happens here. <laughs> no, that's what's going to happen to the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Aldrin. I like it. Okay, we're calling it the Aldrin after Buzz Aldrin. So, okay, so it's the Aldrin. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they get the Aldrin to stop. They board the Aldrin, uh, however they do that. Because really a, a boomer ship wouldn't really have a docking bay for a... No, they do, they do that collapsible pod, tube they, thingy. Yeah, yeah, they have to, they actually have to couple. Yeah, like when Travis went to the Horizon. Yeah. Okay, so cool. So they do that. They walk across. They go over there. They do that thing, and uh, I, I, I'm thinking everything's going fine right up until the moment Archer opens his mouth, and it's not that Archer screws it up. It's that they just don't want to deal with Starfleet, so they only want to deal with Mayweather. Okay. It was even hard just to get them to allow Archer and Trip to come along. It's just that Mayweather was very insistent that I can't do any of these negotiations without them. Okay. Because, again, I really think that a lot of people on Earth, even the boomers, are going to not necessarily like Starfleet. And I'm going to think one reason that the boomers don't like them, even though they know that maybe they're not the cause of this indie issue, mm-hmm. that, one, they, they went too far. They went out of their reaches. They kind of grasped farther than they should have and when the boomers kind of know where they can and can't go. But two, they feel that, especially with them taking the supplies, that they might be putting them out of a job. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that would be on the boomers' minds. And in fact, they kind of intimate as much when during that episode Horizon to yes. Travis. Yes. And they can't, and, find, uh, they can't find people to crew their ships because everyone wants to go off on a starship now. Correct. And eventually the starships would just be all on the stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, I guess we kind of get that same kind of feeling from this captain. We get the, you know, uh, not that he wants to insult his own crew, but maybe let's say instead of that his crew isn't the best, that his crew is half the size it really should be because he can't find people to do the job. Right. Because I don't want to say his crew is bad. No. But, or that he would say it was bad at least, but that he can't fill all the positions. So... As he's walking around and they're talking about, well, we need this and we need that and this broke down. And if we can't get started, you guys can't make it in time. He, you know, he's basically saying, yeah, well, you see that guy? Well, he's my head engineer and my security officer. You see that woman? She's my whatever and whatever. I don't know enough positions on this damn ship to give her one. But, you know, she's my medical officer and my cook because, you know, their rooms are next to each other. So, like, <laughs> you know, so, although I would imagine boomers all cook. 
Yeah, I would assume that they do. Seem to be a boomer thing, right? Like you have to be a cook and a something. Yeah. But but uh whatever. So she's the medical officer and the, you know, quartermaster at the same time and uh and he's going on and on about this as he's walking down the hall, and he's basically pointing out that you have this crew that half the people don't do anything half the day, and my crew has to work through the night half the time because we don't have enough people, so we work in... And he goes into this... His Well, we work in, in uh, like, 15-hour shifts. So someone works a whole 15-hour shift, someone, and then when they go to sleep, someone else is on a different rotating 15-hour shift. So there's always overlap between the crew. Right. You know, uh, 15, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because seven and a half hours in, half the crew would change. And then seven and a half hours later, I would leave. And then someone else would come on at their minimum, at their seven and a half and rotate over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going, it's burning, it's burning his crew out. You know, you're worried about your ship, but I'm worried about my crew. What can you do to help me? Because mm-hmm. I don't think boomers have replicators and stuff. Too. Oh, they did in... in no, I, they starships still don't have major replication technology. They have like a drink machine, and that's it. Yeah, that's true. And then they have yeah. either can... supply packets, you know, like like space food, like the astronauts yeah. had, or they have a cook and cook it themselves. Yeah, and MREs. MREs. The that's the right word. Yeah, Meals MREs ready to milita- eat. Yes, kind of. Yeah. Well. That's what they. Def- definition are, that's eat. what MRE stands for. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had to. Eat I know. Them. <laughs> I know. You know. I don't need. I'm. I'm explaining for the audience. Ah. I know yes. that you know. <laughs> well, now they know. Now and knowing and is know. half the battle. Beef stew is the best one. Oh. Just so you know. I like a good beef but, stew. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good actually. Wasn't bad. But <laughs> enough about my MRE experience. <laughs> so maybe. Maybe that's where where Archer puts his foot in his mouth, actually. And he offers to help this crew get help from Starfleet. And then the captain kind of loses it. I don't need Starfleet. We've been doing this on our own for whatever time. Our whole lives. The last 30 years. Yeah, the last thing we need is Starfleet to come around and tell us how to do our jobs. And if... If you guys didn't get involved and we would have gotten these supplies out sooner, then we would have gotten there quicker and we wouldn't need you in the first place, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Somehow, this all has to come back to Mayweather calling in a favor, but from just from knowing his dad, I guess. Oh, maybe the guy didn't know that his dad had, his dad had passed away. Mm. And he, he says something along the lines of, you think this is how my dad would want to remember a crew member of his? Ooh, snap. And, uh, Right, and uh, the guy basically says, well, when I last saw your father, blah, 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 and, and that's when Mayweather goes off on him, like, well, when I last saw my father, I didn't think he cared, but he said I was, blah, and he goes into that whole tirade of, he said I was the greatest stick and rudder man he's ever seen, and he was proud of me being in Starfleet. You should be more open-minded yourself. I like that. So at this point, he's going to give Archer whatever it is they need to run their ship, right, which we still haven't really figured out, because they don't. I don't think they eject dilithium at that time. No, well, that's I, what they'll give I them. don't think they are using dilithium. I I think it's still antimatter. I mean, it's the Klingons that use dilithium. Yeah. All right, so whatever. We, we, for whatever reason, we had a, a catastrophe where we had to get rid of... There's a lot of massive nonsense going on, huh? We got antimatter exploding. We got planets under siege by weather. Yeah. But, ha- well, that's... 
That's the thing. You gotta have something going on so you have something to fix. Yeah. <laughs> we got plenty. <laughs> oh, what if we go back? Hold on. I messed this all okay. up. What if they had to eject the antimatter and they accidentally catch the, this ship in their antimatter that's leaving? Oh, wow. And that's how they end up side by side fighting. And then you could take everything I just write, wrote and throw it away up until the the uh, Mayweather argument <laughs> about his dad. Um, because now, instead of them just arguing because he's Starfleet, they're argue- he's blaming he's blaming Archer for him being stuck. Mm. And the only way for these either one of these ships to ever move is if they help each other. Okay, so they got to work together or they're both dead. Right, because that's, of course, Star Trek. They basically have to build one ship out of two. Okay. Got it. Well, that just simplified things. Yes. So, but in order to do this, they basically have to, like, piggyback the boomer ship on top of the Enterprise. Nice. And the problem with this, the main problem with this, the main conflict we're going to have with this, is that Trip is really annoyed because he does he's not as good um as an engineer on their ship as he would like to be mm. because he wants to do all the changes but their engineer actually knows how to make this thing work even though it's not really legit so he feels not useful yeah and more annoyed that someone else is playing around in his ship oh yeah he doesn't like people playing with his engines no, not at all. But they have to because he doesn't understand how to make this whole thing work. Right. Because basically their ship is being held together with duct tape and glue as it and is. And prayer. So, <laughs> right. So you can't just like hook up a hose and go, hey, it's going to work now. Yep. You got to kind of make it work. Just get it in. And uh, so we see that interaction. And we see, you know, a typical trip interaction where he starts off hating them and by the end he really respects them. For the listeners, I'm writing all of this down, like I always do in our Writer's Room episodes. So now they can go Warp 5 again, but they fear that the <laughs> that lose boomer ship is just going to get ripped off <laughs> fly away. Piggy goes flying, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, so let's say they can max out at like 3-8, right? Okay. Maybe 4. I like 3.8. It's a, it's a nice random number. Yeah, I, I thought so. So it's got it's still faster than the other boomers, right? Yep. So at this point, you know, we we still have the the boomer. Well, let's give that guy a name. What what should that guy's name be? The captain of the of the boomer vessel of the uh, Aldrin. Oh, there are too many names. Phil. Phil? No, Phil. We use Phil for a lot of things. No, Phil is is. Everyone else. <laughs> is No, that's Paul. I was going to say Phil is Travis's brother, but that's Paul. Oh, no, that's Paul. That's Paul. That is still too close. Uh, John McDougal. John McDougal? Okay. But it's J-O-N. <laughs> yes. Well, you want to make him Sean McDougal? S-E-A-N? Ooh, I like that too. Which one do you like best? Yeah. Sean. <laughs> now, is it S-H or S-E? No, S-E, the Irish way. It's McDougal. Excellent. I'm just being sure. <laughs> okay. So so Sean McDougal and Jonathan Archie. We couldn't use John. to be two John captains. Oh, that's true. John and Sean so, now. Sean and John. Sean John. Sean John. John Sean. Sean John works better. So, 
<laughs> so now, you know, we, we have one of those, like, prototypical, like, they're kind of butting heads, but they're kind of starting to get a long thing. And then something happens just before they get to the planet, or he says, take us out of warp. And they both say it at the same time, and everyone goes, ha ha, that's so cute, <laughs> when they're watching. Um, just because I think that would be weird and uh, and interesting that he would have him on the bridge. But he had him there, you know, trying to show him how they do what they do. And so he also wanted to learn off of Sean the way he runs a ship, because he runs it at a very small complement when he needs a lot more men. And Archer is smart enough to learn from people who have been doing something maybe longer than he has. And he hasn't had experience with short crews. So, you know, flying two ships, this would still be considered a short crew, in my opinion. Mm. Because there's so many other things to worry about now, like the ship just disappearing off your back, and if this thing holds together, and, you know, lots of stuff. And you got to worry about pirates coming out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, I think we have that happen. And, and then... Uh, I mean, we deliver the supplies, right? And we find out, and then we find out because we just have to find out something happy and nice that the uh, skags are no longer skags. They actually have like a real name now. The Skagarians. And they're not slaves. Yeah, well, the Skagarians, but even that, like, they they were called the Skagarians. It's not even like, that wasn't even their race's original name, I don't think. No, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, because everything I read just said they were called. Yeah, but not by humans. Gotcha. Because they went right, well, and kidnapped humans. Humans had no idea what they were. Yeah, they because they kidnapped them from like Earth somewhere, right? Yeah, from the desert and, uh, and stuff. Yeah, Arizona or what it, whatever, yeah. some place that had cowboys <laughs> and tumbleweeds, apparently. <laughs> um, and was set in the they never advanced technologically. Amazing, but uh, two hundred and fifty years they're still riding horses. Well, that's what racism will do. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> um, Racism so, inhibits technological advances. <laughs> so, but when we when we finally beam down, um, let's just say that Archer goes to the bar that he was in in the episode previous, and the uh, there's still the picture still up of that guy's family because you know that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, did that. Nobody died in that episode that was really important, right? I don't think so. Like, the bar owner was still alive and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but now it's a totally different, like, the the Sigarians are sitting at the bar, and Archer doesn't even recognize the place. And he talks to this guy, and he finds out this guy's family was, like, part of the Pony Express. Oh, wow. Back on Earth, or something, that they found out, because they finally looked in places where documents were held, or something. <laughs> From the slave days. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there because it's stupid. But, no, but we find out that this planet has evolved past what we had seen. And they're basically both treated as one people, not two separate races on a planet. Um, and we end on a note of something along the lines of the, uh, the you know, uh, Sean McDougal uh, talking about how cool it was to go warp four without saying cool because they don't talk like that. Okay. Now, what else can we add to this? Anything you can think of that we could add to this to make this an actual episode? Because this is like a very vague writer's room. Yeah, well, that's because we're not actually writers. That's what real writers are for, is to flesh out all the dialogue and crap. Because Yeah, no, I, I, but I feel like we've done 
We've done a few more details in the past. Yeah, well, I think that our episodes have actually turned out pretty good. Um, and it's, they have fewer details than you think. <laughs> You're thinking about the movie that we did, which had a lot of details. That one had a ton of so details. So many details. So, what do you want me to go over it and then see what we are missing? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what we can add. Okay, so we have uh, Planet North Star. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. <laughs> Old Northy. Uh, they have uh, they've had a weather cataclysm. Their food supplies are running low. Crops have been destroyed, and they reach out to Starfleet for help. Starfleet decides to also hire some boomer ships. Uh, in order to deliver supplies, because the fleet isn't big enough to just send out starships every time somebody needs help. And so, and this is a, a bit of a long trip because they are in the Delphic Expanse. Uh, but not that the Delphic Expanse is a, a physically scary place to go anymore because the sphere builders are gone and their anomalies are gone and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, they are passing by. The planets, or the the system's sun, um, we're going to assume it was a large solar flare or some kind of terrible solar storm, uh, causes them to have a warp core breach and they have to eject their antimatter and a boomer ship gets caught in the wake of the ejection of said uh, uh, antimatter and damages their ship. So now they're both dead in the water and everybody's blaming everybody else. <laughs> They're all very upset. Eventually, they dis discover that they have to work together or they're both going to die out there in the middle of space. And so uh, the boomer captain, Sean McDougall, gets his peeps together and they determine that uh, they're going to piggyback the boomer ship onto Enterprise, which I love the visual of that so much in my head. <laughs> I just love it. And Trip isn't happy about it because... He doesn't want people messing around with his engines, but he has no choice because what the boomers are trying to do, he doesn't have any expertise in that. And so he has to let their engineer uh, make the modifications so that this will work and they can both warp. Right. And before, just one thing, and we get one of those famous, like, uh, Archer putting his foot down right. on trip scenes, you know, because trip like storms into the into the bridge. He's like, hey, they can't touch my engines. It's my engines. Wah, 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 wah. And uh, basically, Archer has to put his foot down in front of the boomer captain, uh, in front of Sean McDougal. Right. And uh, Sean and his crew aren't very happy to have to help Starfleet because they blame Starfleet for lack of jobs, lack of crew members, available crew members, etc. And so they feel like Starfleet is killing their way of life. So there's some bad feelings there. And uh, basically, it's, it's all the people in Starfleet are just kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> Cause they're, yeah, because they're clueless about they're clu this. They don't, they're not really thinking about it. They Their only boomer experience is basically with Travis. And, and Travis is uh, and always amiable. So they just don't understand what's going on. Um, Archer, however, is the kind of person that, like you said, is smart enough to want to learn from others. And so he's definitely just pouring over everything they're doing and sort of at the forefront every step of the way, even with Trip 
glowering in the corner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we really made him a baby in this episode, but I, I think it fits. No, it does fit. It does fit, especially <laughs> for the time period. Um, and so they, uh, after butting heads a lot, they finally are able to piggyback the boomer ship onto Enterprise, and they can max out at about warp 3.8, or else they might lose the other ship. So they go into warp, and they get close to the planet. Both Sean and John at the same time say, take us out of warp, <laughs> which everyone thinks is cute. Yeah, it's adorable. It's so cute. And uh, then, of course, start delivering the supplies. Archer decides he wants to see the planet again, see what's happened since the last time they were there, and is very surprised to find that the Skagarans are uh, not slaves anymore. There are integrated schools. They're sitting in the bar alongside human patrons. And everybody seems to be getting along pretty well. And uh, we find out that the uh, the guy is it the guy who yeah the guy who owns the bar. Um, he uh, turns out his family was part of the Pony Express, and so yeah, whatever. Nice little I like it. Nice, nice little <laughs> history like thing in there. Got to tie it in. <laughs> Just because they're still on horses. So. And uh, and though Sean may never admit it in front of Archer, he really enjoyed going warp three point eight. Almost he tells everybody it was warp four. He just rounds it up. Yeah, he, tells everybody it was yeah, for. It's like the fish story. <laughs> exactly. You know, we'll run into him in, in episode uh, in season six, and he'll be telling people about how he went at warp eight. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Exactly. No, but and I think we should maybe uh, close with a uh, some some kind of. I wouldn't be able to write it. We'd need actual writers for this, but some kind of line of where uh, Archer basically says, "You know, your crew handled themselves amazingly. Uh, uh, it was an honor working with you." Blah 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 blah, and. Just kind of because he's a boomer and not, you know, a Starfleet officer, Sean basically doesn't say yours did too. He kind of says something along the lines of, well, of course they did, or I knew they would, or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, of course we did. We're boomers. Right. You know, something like that. Perfect. Or that's what boomers do, you know? Okay. Yeah, that's what boomers do. I like that. And You know, basically intimating that's what Starfleet lacks. Yeah, and... Uh, and Archer just smiles placatingly and shakes his head a little as he walks away. Yeah, he might do that, but he knows he's right, too. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't, you know, it's, Archer is a big enough person to say, you have done a great job, you have you have value, and Sean does not reciprocate, and that's kind of a jerk move. Yeah, but, but, no, it is. But, fits with I think the character that we've created so oh yeah absolutely because I think while Archer was saying it to you know to be the bigger man or you know because he is the bigger well man, not only that but he think, wouldn't have said it if he didn't mean it as well I think that he's taking it as kind of like a pat on the head like good job mm. you know that's how Sean would see it even if that's not the right way of seeing it because so. he doesn't like Starfleet and even though they were able to come together and do their thing he still doesn't really fully trust Starfleet and then in season six, Sean McDougal is blows up Starfleet captain of a starship. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> and and then Archer gets to rub it in his face. Oh, Archer would never. Oh. No kid, no kidding. You can't get anyone on your ships. You no, left. Trip would do that, but Archer would. Yeah, true. 
No. Very true. So, I mean, I really don't need final thoughts. That was the final thoughts, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty so, much. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think if it was fleshed out, that could turn into a decent episode. Yeah. So what are we what are we uh, gonna call it? It's gotta have a name. Well, we can't call it North Star. No. <laughs> Piggyback. It could be called that. It could be called Aldrin. It could be called Boomers. I like Piggyback though. <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> We're calling it Piggyback. Yes. Season five, episode four, piggyback. <laughs> I don't know if that would actually make anyone's list for best episode title of the season, but it doesn't matter to me. I like it, so cool, cool. Yeah, it works for me. <laughs> it's been fun talking about boomers today, but this isn't the only thing we've been discussing on the network. So here's a quick look at some at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek FM, to the journey. Praise for a bit, yes. <laughs> okay, if uh, I, I I'm gonna make a commitment to myself right now. If I am ever perishing in a plane crash, I am gonna say brace for impact right before I die to everyone on the plane. I will brace somehow for impact. hear it across the miles. It'll be very dramatic, you know, with some dramatic theme music playing. Hopefully, just like we have in Voyager here this episode. Earl Grey. That's terrible. Wow. Like, why would someone think that? I mean, if it's going to infect <laughs> this entire world of Ferengi, you've got to assume that there's going to be visitors or whatever, and then it's just going to yeah, spread everywhere. Spread that everywhere. doesn't even make sense. Doesn't doesn't sound like a good plan. No, to me. it does not. Literary treks. Both Bound and myself like Star Trek stories that work as uh, some kind of a parable that uh, hold up the mirror to modern times. And when we got the assignment that we could actually write the Prometheus trilogy, we were pretty sure that we wanted to do something contemporary with it, that we wanted to put modern day into a science fiction story. And the biggest problem that we saw at the time was terrorism. Melodic tricks. You know, I suppose as being an actor, you know, I just was really kind of feeling into Clive's character okay. and, and trying to express the emotion of what I felt like he was going through on the Sarangi. Mm -hmm. So then it became much more of a personal, individual character. It was how I experienced doing it and that's what else is happening on trek.fm check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the star trek universe and beyond you'll find us wherever you can get your podcast if you're an apple user be sure to hit the subscribe button in apple podcast on iphone ipad or apple tv or the desktop itunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published and please leave us a star rating and written review if you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our show on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's show. Guess what? There are so many ways for you to do that, okay? The best place, of course, is to join in the larger conversation on the Babel Conference, which is our listeners group on Facebook. Go to the Facebook search... Facebox? <laughs> go to the Facebook search book. <laughs> yep, go to the Facebook search book and type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into that search box. No, the search book. It's search book search, now. Search book. That's, that's canon now. It's like a, and it's like a magic it book. It should come right up. 
But if you'd like to send us an email, and we do love emails, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm forward slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us, and you can also find the network on Twitter at trekfm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm. Uh, so, Patrick, when you are not busy discovering that we can't name another guy John because we already have one, where can people find you? Well, when I'm when I'm not busy doing that, I'm always editing these things. I'm always trying to search names out to make sure we don't cross extra names there. Um, I you can find me on Twitter at Magic Drop Five. It's one word, but the five is a is the number, not a letter or letters. You can also find me on the Babel Conference. I pop my head up in there once in a while, but I've been really busy, so haven't been doing that as much as I'd like. And you can always and you can always find me with my buddy Amy on the Edge, coming to you every other week, which we'll be going to every week once the show comes back in January. So, Brandy, when you're not piggybacking a, a helicopter to the back of your car to get to work faster in the morning, where can people find you? <sighs> if only I could do that. Be great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Brandywine12, Brandy with an I, 12 is a number. You can find me lurking in the Babel Conference from time to time. Uh, I'm also on Live from the Edge, which will be only on the Thursdays that Short Treks come out. As of this recording, there will only be one left because uh, after this is released, we will have already done the third one. And then when Discovery Season 2 begins, we will be doing Live from the Edge every Friday night because episodes are releasing on Thursdays now instead of Sundays. You can also find me on the Dark Corner Podcast, which is a podcast I do with my wonderful husband, Dave, and we talk about stuff and things from a darker point of view. We also do a lot of improv, and we've been posting some recordings of our live shows lately because it's fun. And, uh, and I have another thing in the works that I can't talk about right now. <laughs> So, watch this space. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And this is the time of the show where we pay homage to our wonderful Boomer associate producers. We have Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Oser, Mark Flessa, Chris Trebuzio, and Jim McMahon. We so very much appreciate your support of the Trek FM network and specifically Warp 5. We literally could not do this without your support. So thank you ever so much. That's all we got for you this week, so keep calm and boom on. Boom on.